If you're just joining us, we're talking about Harvey Corman, my pal. We are Jeffrey Mark and Ray Carr and Cindy Rimmel. The other thing I want to remind our friends out there who are listening to us, I have no idea what Harvey's salary was, but let's assume he was making $10,000 a week on the Carol Burnett show. He made more, but let's assume that number. Well, 10% of that goes to his manager. 10% of it also goes to his agent. 10% of it also goes to his attorney. He's taxed in those days somewhere between 70 and 90% of his income because of the bracket he was in. So you had to hire an accountant to come up with all kinds of tax shelters so that your money could stay in your pocket. So the numbers were very, very large. And yes, even after all those deductions, still bringing home a whole lot more money than anybody else did. But these people aren't quite as rich as we think they are. Mm -hmm. The expenses of being in show business are enormous. What I spend, Jeffrey Mark, on sequin clothing to wear when I'm singing or doing comedy or attending a show business event or going down a red carpet, I know what that costs me. Makeup, gasoline, hotels, paying for uh, musical arrangements to be written, paying comedy writers. It, it's hiring a hall in which to rehearse. Everything costs money. So yes, the incomes are very high, but the outgo is very high. And Harvey was lucky, 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 lucky that he worked so many years regularly on television. Most of us don't work regularly. We may make a nice paycheck, but the next, the next paycheck may not be for two months yeah. or six months or next year. So the numbers sound huge, but they're not as huge as we think they are. So that, that also aided Harvey a little bit. All that work and he still had to go out and do shows with Tim Conway to earn a living. Did he, uh, in the in the end, did he have any real serious regrets of a, a project or movie or TV show that he did? He regretted he didn't work with Lucille Ball more because he really liked how she worked. He liked her discipline. He liked her rehearsal process. Um, I think there was a small regret that Mel never wrote a movie for him specifically, although he did brilliantly with Mel's movies. I think he regretted that there wasn't the Harvey Corman show, but I don't think he regretted anything he did. He did his best. He was aware that it's a crapshoot to be a character actor and make a mark. And yet he didn't really hit West Coast Television until around 1960. And by 63, he's already well known enough to be Danny Kaye's second banana. I, I think his regrets were more about what he didn't do than what he did and wished he hadn't hmm. in his professional life. There yeah. were a lot of regrets about his personal life. Did he handle his finances well? <sighs> yes and no. Uh, Harvey liked to spend. Harvey had hobbies, shall we say, that ate up some of his money. Uh, Harvey would have been better served if all of his money had gone into investments and real estate and whatever it is that enormously wealthy people do with their money so they can keep their money. Harvey spent his money. Uh, Harvey liked the horses. 
and uh, Harvey had a good time, but Harvey had to work. The Carol Burnett show did not make him independently wealthy. He had to work. Yeah. Would he have liked to do more cartoons? He enjoyed them. He was yeah. frustrated. You know, uh, we, we mentioned the Flintstones. And he created this character, the voice for this character, Gazoo, for the last two seasons of the last last season and a half of the Flintstones. Something new for the show to do. And yet when they made the Flintstones live action movie, even though he's in the film, he doesn't do the voice of Gazoo. Somebody else does. It's that kind of thing Harvey would bring up and be like, why? I'm right there already. He said, I would have done it for the same money if they would have asked me. Yeah. He felt badly he wasn't asked. He's like, why didn't this happen? I'm the originator of the character. Here I am. How I look doesn't matter. It's a cartoon. It wasn't like they needed somebody younger. It's a mm -hmm. cartoon. So uh, what can I tell you? And the one thing you didn't answer was, um, I asked you last week, how could he possibly, like the dentist sketch, for example, how do you get through something like that? Like, and that, I, Carol Burnett used to say, put his mask up when they were doing doctor's things and just scream. How do you keep it together with that going on? Well, let me tell you about that sketch. That's probably one of two sketches that everybody seems to remember from the Carol Burnett show. It happened kind of early on in the show. It happened, uh, the show was taped, I believe in November or December of 68 and shown early in 69. So it's, it's, it's near, it's, it's, it's in the second or third season of the Carol Burnett show. Uh, Tim was a guest that week. And this is the beginning of Tim not sticking to the script. This is the sketch that starts all of them. The big star that week was Ethel Merman on the show, which nobody seems to remember that the mm -hmm. show revolved around Merman and Merman singing two songs and singing a Broadway medley with Carol. And, and this is a sketch, Tim. This is Tim's thing, this sketch. Tim plays a new dentist, Harvey's his first patient. And it's, it's Tim playing the nervous stumbling guy he did on McHale's Navy kind of sort of. What he extemporized in front of the camera for the second show. First show he did it straight. Carol Burnett's show always videotaped two versions. A dress rehearsal with an audience. They all broke for dinner, came back and did the show again, which was, was the live show. It was the, the show show. But if there was something wrong with the second one or something went brilliantly in the first, they could cut them together. So really, the Carol Burnett show was the best of two performances. So in the first one, Tim played it straight. In the second one, because Tim was trying to anesthetize him, Tim, instead of anesthetizing him, anesthetized his own arm so that the arm was dead. And then Tim just kept going off script, deadening different parts of his body so he couldn't make his arm work, he couldn't make his hand work, his, limp, his wrist went limp, his leg wouldn't work. And Harvey's got nothing to say because Tim isn't doing the script, he's just playing. <laughs> so all Harvey can do is sit there and try to not react to Tim too much. But 
as almost never happens on camera with hardly anybody. And I'll, I, I don't know, I'll have to use the, the, the real words. Uh, Harvey urinated himself in that sketch. He laughed so hard and worked so hard to hold it all in that it just, it came out. And he was literally urinating on himself while he was laughing. And you, you can almost see his pants getting dark under the tray holding the dental instruments. Happily, it was covering it so well, you, you, you could never have known to look for it had you not known it was there. But so there, there is Tim going crazy and Harvey urinating himself on television. And, and that, that is the sketch everybody points to as the stereotypical iconic Tim Conway, Harvey Corbin sketch. Once Tim got away with it once and they kept the whole thing in. They, they used the second version. They didn't cut, it, it went much longer than it was supposed to and they kept it. After that is when Tim started the trying to make Harvey laugh. See, once it worked, once it became a thing that the audience liked, they kept repeating it over and over and over again, except the first time it wasn't really planned, Harvey, uh, Tim was just being silly. The other times it became a calculated thing and Harvey didn't like that either. It's like, why? Why every week are you doing this? You're ruining sketches. Whatever character Tim is supposed to play, he doesn't play the character. He plays to make Harvey and Carol laugh. And almost always, that's the version the producers decided to put in. Did Tim get yelled at for that? No, Tim did not get yelled at because of the ratings and because of the letters they received. The, the laughter making Carol and, and, and Harvey laugh the audience loved it because they felt like they were in on some inside thing. Uh, uh, however, people in the business didn't like it. In fact, when, when Saturday Night Live was being put together, one thing Lauren Michaels put his foot down about, I don't wanna see anybody going off script and making the rest of the cast laugh. That kind of cornice for the Carol Burnett show, we're not gonna have that heat. It became uh, old fashioned. This is old fashioned television comedy where the actors are performing for themselves instead of for the audience. Because I don't think Tim was thinking about the audience. He was thinking about the attention he could get and how far he could push the envelope. And we've already discussed what a tight ship the show had to be to get the show on its feet and ready in five days. And uh, Harvey didn't like the lack of professionalism. And that some sketches that were very funny were ruined by it. And that Tim stole the attention. But Harvey never took Tim aside and Harvey never like quietly. Oh, yes, he did. Huh? Harvey was not silent what he suffered. When Harvey didn't like something, people knew about it. That Carol tells the story. And I believe it was Petula Clark who was a guest. And Harvey kind of yelled at her for something. And Carol fired Harvey for doing it. And then Harvey had to come back and apologize to get his job back. But their relationship, already strained, was never the same after that. Carol acknowledges what a talent Harvey was. 
but Carol has spoken publicly. I'm, I'm not telling tales out of school. She has spoken on camera her difficulties with Harvey and that uh, as a talent, she admires him. I don't know that Carol liked Harvey all that much. The only one who stuck up for him through the years, there have been so many interviews Carol did with, with Tim Conway, with Vicki Lawrence, with Lyle Wagoner. The only one who ever seems to stick up for Harvey is Vicki Lawrence, who said, Harvey pulled me aside and showed me how to be funny because she had no experience with comedy. She was a singer in a vocal group, the Young Americans. And the only reason she was there because she looked like Carol for sketches to play her sister. And she says, no, Harvey spent time with me. He nurtured me, he mentored me. I, I appreciate Vicky saying those things. A, a, they're true. And B, it shows that even to this day, they're still among the surviving members. It's, it's just Carol and Vicky now and everybody else is gone. There was stress. And it, it's sad. It's sad that such a successful enterprise that is so well remembered had its strife. But I was starting to say earlier, the Carol Burnett Show, a 27 piece orchestra, a group of singers, a, a, a core of dancers, incredible makeup people, a wig maker for all those wigs she wore on the show. Bob Mackey is your costumer. Before he did Cher or anybody else, he was doing Carol. Um, they had an extraordinary, very expensive production. Uh, you couldn't do it today. Carol Burnett and Lucy Arnaz were talking about that. Like, wouldn't it be great to go back and do a show like that again? And they both agreed, who could afford it? Who could afford with what unions demand now for television musicians to have 27 people there every week doing all that music, all those costumes? Do you know how much bad Bob Mackie if he's still designing, would charge now for all those costumes every week? And all the people on the show would be demanding, you know, half a million dollars an episode to, to appear on it. Because the salaries are highly inflated. You couldn't do that kind of a show anymore. Wow. And Harvey was fortunate to be there, to be a part of it at its height. The Carol Burnett show really was the height of the television variety show. And Harvey was a large part of that. It's, it's it is the singular reason why he is so well remembered. So well remembered. I'm going to do that line over again. It is the singular reason why Harvey Corman is so well remembered today. Not for his personal life. That those of us who were lucky enough to be a part of it, we miss him and we know what his life was like, the struggles he had and how hard it was for him to be Harvey Corman actor. But publicly, the Mel Brooks movies and uh, the Carol Burnett show are what he's remembered for. You know what? Not a bad body of work to be remembered for. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Cindy Verbalin with Ray Carr, and the show is Hitting the Mark with our star, Jeffrey Mark. 